0: Hello, I'm Emily Hazard, and I'm Becca Anderson, and this is Grey's Anatomy Uncut, a podcast where we discuss and analyze episodes of Grey's Anatomy. Today, we're talking about season two, episode 19, entitled, What Have I Done to Deserve This?, which is a song originally sung by Pet Shop Boys in Dusty Springfield.
1: These artist names that we get on this show are just fantastic. I just
0: wonder, like, where Shonda? Like, Shonda's- or, whoever, you know, whoever's, like, naming these episodes. They're like, oh, I heard this one song by the Pet Shop Boys and Dusty Springfield that would be just amazing as an episode title. I'm like, what the freak is wrong with you people?
1: I feel like they might have had, like, sort of, like, ideas as to, like- I want this episode to be named something like this. And then they probably just like look it up and we're like, yeah, there's this
0: song, but like even the songs we get in the episodes. So weird. So weird. And sometimes Shonda literally picks it for the episode. So whatever. Uh, Original air date is February 26, 2006 written by Stacey McKee. I feel like we need like a nickname for her. Whatever. Directed by Wendy Stansler. 24.76 million viewers, which is up slightly from last week. Interesting. I have zero follow-up. Yeah, same. All right. Overall, I really enjoyed this episode because it's an episode from season two of Grey's Anatomy. (laughs) But I will say that this may be my least favorite episode of season two of Grey's Anatomy. And it's, it's mostly because of just how much everything changes in this episode. And it's, like, not the episode's fault. And I'm glad, overall, like, if I can step back and take, like, the grand scheme of everything, I'm glad that the changes that happened did happen.
1: Yeah.
0: But it's still really hard to know that nothing, like, the show literally will never be the same.
1: Yeah. Um, This episode's really interesting because, at least to me, it feels like it's a lot mostly just about the repercussions of last episode you say repercussions is it repercussions
0: i don't know if i don't know if there's one way that's right or not but i say repercussions all right whatever it's about the repercussions of last episode
1: and more specifically about meeting our two new characters mark and thatcher and it's also i don't know to me it was interesting kind of looking at the main storylines of this because the main theme of this episode is karma. In a way it's almost a lot of the karma that happens because of like what happens because of the new characters, which sounds a little bit confusing, but I'll explain more as we get there. So like I said, overall theme existence of karma and exactly what karma means. But I also think that there's a little bit more of like a subtle, like second theme of kind of like, not accepting crap in your life because we see that a lot through george in this episode but izzy kind of also does the same thing Mm -hmm. with her life and so and in a way i feel like keith one of our patients kind of goes through that a little bit as well
0: all right so opening speech is by george in this episode so this is the first episode that has not meredith doing the opening speech and you know that that devastates her to not be the center (laughs) of attention Mm mm-hmm So why don't you take this one? Okay. So sometimes
1: even the best of us make rash decisions, bad decisions, decisions. We pretty much know we're going to regret the moment, the minute, especially the morning after. I mean, maybe not regret regret, because at least, you know, we put ourselves out there, but still something inside us decides to do a crazy thing. A thing we know will probably turn around and bite us in the ass. Yet, we do it anyway. What I'm saying is, we reap what we sow. What comes around goes around. It's karma, and any way you slice it, karma sucks.
0: Let me just say that Ellen Pompeo just has a way of doing a voiceover that T.R. Knight cannot touch. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I kind of, like... I like the decision to
1: have him do the opening because just that in of itself, like the first word you hear, and it's not Meredith talking. I feel like, as the audience, you know that something about this episode is gonna be different, mm-hmm. and so I feel like them doing that kind of is like another signal that, like, like you said earlier, that like n- everything's gonna change from this
0: episode on. Mm-hmm.
1: So it was kind of
0: interesting there's just something about the way that ellen well yeah something that she does with her voice or how she decides to say things same thing goes for emily van camp who narrates revenge it's something about that girl's voice that like her narration just is like like, a pauses they like choose to take and Mm -hmm. kind of that stuff yeah well but i think it's almost their. i think it's their voice i don't know Well, yeah but it's just like all the subtleties and stuff with their Mm -hmm. voice too but, I mean, uh, Stacy McKee, I believe, was the one that wrote the yeah. blog post this time. And she said that we needed to be inside of George's head, hearing him tell us about karma. We needed to hear George explain how karma isn't unfair. It isn't unexpected. It just evens the score. And that, hmm. I guess, happens at the end. So, first song is Careless Love by Madeline Pay-rar-ps. Um, <laughs> Payrars. <laughs> pay rouse whatever so we open in meredith's house and meredith and george are both in their respective bedrooms just kind of like leaning against the door meredith is like listening to make sure that he's not out there and george is just looking utterly depressed actually meredith is not at her door yet she's staring up at the ceiling fully dressed in her bed just sitting on top of her bed slamming her hand on the alarm clock which is hilarious Mm -hmm. so let's move over to addison And Derek in the shit trailer in the Woods of Desolation. And I think that this is, like, the first episode where Addison finally gets to be more than a plot device. And it is so refreshing. Mm -hmm.
1: I like it because they're giving her more to do in episodes. Finally. Than just kind
0: of, like, be there and be, like, Satan in the corner. (laughs) Well, she's more than Derek's wife in this episode. Yeah. And she's more than the Meredith and Derek Grim Reaper.
1: Yeah, and it's fantastic. And again, that's kind of the start of like her becoming an actual character, not just like,
0: mm-hmm. hey, there's Satan, in a cor- Satan's mistress,
1: in a corner. I literally
0: don't think words can describe how much I've been like wanting this and waiting for this to happen. I'm so pumped. Yeah. Derek is like, you're totally right. You've mentioned this before. He is so cranky when he sleeps. He is
1: like God, Derek. Like she's like oh do you want to talk to and he's like oh
0: god here it comes and you're like god and he says some like borderline sexist things here he's oh. just like it's something about like it's too uh, early for me to interpret like girl flip talk. out into normal conversation and you're like go pee in the woods you know <laughs> meredith would have like pulled your throat out if you said that to her yeah, he's just uh, So anyway, Addison's like, I'll go take the dog out, which is Meredith and Derek's relationship. That's Doc, which is something you should note. <laughs> I'm going to go take your relationship out to pee. <laughs> yeah.
1: Karma's a bitch. I don't know why that's just as funny. So now we have Meredith at her door and she's like listening to the doorway, which like, let's just be honest. They both do a really crappy job of like making sure the other person's not in the hallway.
0: Yeah, literally, they both come out of the doors at the exact same time.
1: <laughs> but like, I don't no, like same Meredith th- is kind of like almost already like in the hallway, and then George
0: is just like, "Oh, she's not there," and you're like, "She's right there, George." <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, what's their plan here? Like, they live together; they're eventually gonna have to talk about it. Yeah, well, hmm. these two avoiders. So then we get some Izzy just pops into the hallway yeah. with some comic relief. Which Actually, good, Alex comes first. Good lord, her bedhead is, like, massive, but it also looks good on her. I think it's it's not bedhead. I think it's sex hair. Well, yes, but, like, it's just, it's massive, and you're like, good lord. She looks better in this scene than I've probably ever looked at my entire life. <laughs> I also just love
1: what she says. <laughs> so I'm a big whore, a big whorey whore who can't get enough.
0: <laughs> I know that we are a pro-Izzy podcast. I know that we've made that pretty evident, you know? but I don't know how anyone could hate her. Everything she says makes me love her. I just don't get it. I I don't know if I'll ever get it. I would love to have an Izzy hater come on this podcast and try to explain it to me. I don't know any Izzy haters. You know, there's actually a huge majority... I think it's a majority of the people that watch the show end up hating Izzy by the end of it. Okay, well, and I of, don't understand how. They kind of destroy her character in season, like, six, but... Well, whatever. six, I don't even count that. Like, exactly, we'll get there when we get there. But there are reasons why I don't count that. But anyway. <sighs> Back to this episode. <laughs> and she's just like, what's going on? Uh, Whatever. Cut over to the locker room. Is it the same locker room or is it different? It is a n- It is the same locker room. I don't
1: know if they have new lockers. Also, there's like a sign behind
0: Christina's head that says Pig
1: Nation. What the hell?
0: <laughs> I don't know. And it's like a bunch of pigs like getting into like a, a, a car or something. It is weird. And Christina's face is kind of the face that you should have if there's a sign that says Pig Nation. Uh, so then basically Alex, Christina,
1: and Izzy are just trying to figure out why the hell Meredith and George are acting so weird.
0: And Alex is like, becoming one of the girls, which I think is hilarious. Yes. He's just like, 50 bucks as O'Malley called her doing Mark Sloan. I think that would have been better. I strongly disagree. And I don't know if we should really go there yet, but why not? I can cut it out if I want to. The biggest line that Meredith will never cross well, is yeah. sleeping with Mark. And that's what makes her different than Addison. That's true. It would have ruined her relationship with Derek. It's just that, like, she knows how much that destroyed him on a personal level, and she never wants to be that source of his pain. what I was kind of saying there is, like,
1: George wouldn't have been that uncomfortable with it. Like, he would just have <laughs> been like, oh, okay, this is weird. You know, like, it wouldn't
0: have messed up that relationship as much as, like, her and George sleeping well, together duh. did. I mean, anybody. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. Whatever. But I strongly disagree. Anyway. I think her sleeping with Mark would be the worst thing that she could do. Well, yeah, to Derek. Yeah. but. <laughs> and then Alex goes, all right, she walked in on him doing McDreamy. And Alex is like, did I just call that dude McDreamy? Christina, oh, you know you did. <laughs> Crack whore. <laughs> and then Alex is like, you are ruining my life. And he tries to be cute and like, like nuzzle Izzy. And Izzy's like freaking denied and just like walks away. And that to which I say, pow, 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 Alex.
1: She's just like, yeah, I have other things to do, Alex.
0: She literally does not give him the light of day. It's amazing.
1: <laughs> it's hilarious.
0: But like, you can tell that he's like emotionally like falling for her, like really quickly here. Also, Meredith and George are like a horrible... Th-
1: There's nothing to tell. <laughs> nothing happened. And you're like, okay, you guys suck. <laughs> and we all know that everyone's going to find out. We You know. mean the audience knows yes. that? Well, oh, yeah.
0: yeah. I mean... Anyway. That's like the first rule of television. Let's meet Keith and Amy, which first of all, Keith is just such a gross name. Like, it's not that bad. Keith. (laughs) I know Keith. Do you like him? Yeah, he's nice. Anyway. I don't like the name Keith. Wouldn't the irony be if I married somebody named Keith? She marries Keith Urban, oops. Anyway. (laughs) Isn't he already married to like- I think so. And they're just, they're just annoying. Like, there's no way to put, Amy is scarily close to Zona here. It's, it's not even Keith that's annoying. It's Amy. Amy yeah. Amy so annoying. Oh, God. She, she is finding a way to make her husband being sick with an aneurysm about her. Oh, yeah. I mean, she is pulling a Meredith here.
1: Oh, yeah. Can we also just take a moment to talk
0: about what the hell is going on with her sweater? I feel like her sweater is kind of, like, dangerous to be wearing in a hospital with possible epileptics around. Because if you looked at that and you were prone to epilepsy, I feel like you would have a spontaneous seizure.
1: She also, I don't know what this is, but this scene, but the next scene we get with her, I just, before she even said a word, I, like, paused it and I looked at her face And her face just kind of looks like she constantly has, like, a stick up her ass.
0: Or, like, she really has to take a shit and she just can't. Yes. Like, she's just like, man, I wish I could have a (laughs) bowel movement right now. Like, that's just kind of what her face, like,
1: looks like. And it's not, like, it's not necessarily, like, the actress. It's just, like, what she's doing with her face.
0: (sighs) She's just so, like, she's the kind of patient family who's like, if I say the outcome I want to happen, then it'll come true. Like, she's one of those. And you're like, ooh. Like, just shut up. And Keith, I got an amazing screenshot of Keith's face. (laughs) Yes. Like, it could be a meme. In fact, I might make it a meme because it's that great. Please do. Stay tuned for that meme. Basically, Burke is like, I would like to run an angio. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much the whole scene. Yeah. But we had to talk about her fucking outfit. (laughs) Anyway.
1: So now we get the interns again. And George like, creepishly talk, like, stops Christina, and she he's just like, did Meredith say anything about anything? Like, he sucks at the, like, hey, let's not tell anyone about this. He just sucks, like, okay. Like,
0: don't you think if Meredith had told Christina, Christina would be making fun of you, George? We're grown-ass women here making this podcast right now. George is a grown-ass man. He needs to get over it. And, like, it's only bit like, this is the next morning- And it will not end for episodes. Episodes of this shit.
1: And that's, see, like, I get that he's, like, upset about this, but he's acting like a little, like, girl, did she she say anything
0: about you to me? Everyone has been in a place of their life where they've been rejected, okay? Every single person has been there. But you have to win the rejection. You know how, like, you can win a breakup? You can also win a rejection, and it's by taking the bigger, the higher road in front of everybody. You know, you cry a little bit, you let it out, and you move on. And even if it hurts like hell, you don't show people. It's like the first rule of being on a diet. You don't tell people you're on a diet. That's, that's, don't tell people you're on a Meredith diet, George. (laughs)
1: Like, and Christina says, "Like the f- she's like, are you going to talk about it?" And he's like, "No." And she's like, "Then leave me alone." Like, and he's just like,
0: "I'm just saying, I don't want to talk about it." And it's like, George, shut the fuck up.
1: Like and you're like, do you want to talk
0: about it, George? Because I
1: think you do. But like
0: seriously, he is being a little girl about this. <laughs> yes, and Christina's just like, "Leave me alone."
1: And then can we just talk about this like little end yes. scene? I love it. Addison. Addison comes out, and she is like trying to like I think hide the fact that like. She's got poison oak. She does a horrible job. Like she like blatantly like looks like she's like picking a wedgie.
0: <laughs> I love how she just walks across uh, Derek's man pain bridge and they all just kind of like slowly stop to watch her. Like, like Christina, she, she the, doesn't even notice either. And Christina, the, are you? That's weird.
1: The way Sandra O oh delivers that little line of like, what is happening here
0: is so good. I just, uh, I love that they're giving Addison something more. They're making her a person, you know what I mean? Like somebody that you can relate to on a human level, not just Derek's wife. Mm -hmm.
1: So next we're introduced to Rick and Michael and their son, Sean. And honestly, nothing really too important happens in the scene, but they're in this episode and the son is puking because
0: he got a concussion. He got hit in the head with a baseball. Moving on. Addison let's we're going back to Addison and Tucker is getting ready to leave the hospital and there are some weird ass paintings in the background there of this are it's like a like a dragonfly that might also be like a Mayan symbol that could get you into you know the like I feel like if you put that symbol into the wall then it opens you know a keyhole to <laughs> the lost treasure and then there's this weird like whale thing it looks like a killer whale kind of It looks like a killer whale dolphin. From like a certain angle. And Addison's like, I need a consult. And then she goes, I'm not working today. And she's like, "Um, Miranda, I need a consult. (laughs) (laughs) And the smile that she gives (laughs) when she's like
1: talking this whole time is fantastic. Kate Walsh does, uh, she's so good at like facial
0: expressions and everything. Yes, I know. She's so good. And side note, Tucker seems like a really nice guy in this episode, which will not last very long. So she has poison oak, where nobody wants to have poison oak. Great idea for an episode. I love this super simplistic idea for an episode. So easy, but so good.
1: I also, the two, Bailey and Addison have such like a good chemistry. Like I love Bailey and the, go. what did you do? Miranda, the calamine! hilarious some very much needed comic relief in this episode
0: yeah and it honestly the choice of having it be addison phenomenal like i i wouldn't have wanted it to be anybody else well i like
1: how it's like comic relief but it also still goes along with like the plot oh yeah and like the theme you know what i mean like it's not just thrown in there for the sake of
0: comedy i've never seen a case of poison oak this bad (laughs) lol so then it's alex and meredith talking in the hallway. It's been a while since Alex and Meredith have had a scene together, so this is nice.
1: I like them. And
0: he's asking, you know, what happened with you and O'Malley? Nothing. Well, whatever it is, I've done worse. Which, like, honestly surprising, I don't think Alex has. I don't know. I think wallpapering the hospital with Izzy and, like, that's more blatantly, like, evil. It's just, like, if we're talking about, like, embarrassing other people and kind of, like, emasculating them, like, destroying their reputation a little bit. I feel like... Alex is worse. Ale- that was... Pr- that's yeah. cringeworthy. And, like, multiple people saw it. It wasn't just, like, a private moment between the two of them. Mm-hmm. How do you know I did something? How do you know George didn't do something? I love the... Because Bambi looks pissed and you look guilty. And I
1: love why this little boy is just, like, here during this
0: whole conversation. See, okay, this is a Grey's Anatomy trope. They do this. They always have, like, the patience, like, just, like, listening to the drama and adding in their little two cents. Ch- I, I love two the kids.
1: One time I put a raw egg in my sock drawer for a month and then I smashed it in my teacher's grade book. And you're like, why? <laughs> but the way he says it is just like, oh.
0: My dads were really mad. <laughs> well, I did something worse than that and, and she like, should she is so proud of it she's just like i did something worse and he's like that's so cool i aspire to be you <laughs> and she's just like so does everyone because i'm to fucking gray
1: i love the i like the kid actor
0: he's funny mm-hmm. we cut back to george still pouting this is like guys fans that are listening anybody <laughs> anybody who might be falling out into the black hole <laughs> into the black hole that is our fan base <laughs> this is episode one of this and i'm already like i've had it and there are episodes of this i
1: and then i love burke and this and she and christina just kind of like goes off on george and like stop patting us and then burke kind of gives her this look and she
0: i'm not being inappropriate he's acting like she skinned his puppy <laughs> whatever meredith did it wasn't on purpose so get over it already and then and but that's interesting because she is defending <laughs> meredith without even like considering like without even hearing what it was and i don't know like i feel like when she finds out what it is she's like damn meredith that's because i don't think anyone thought that meredith would go there yeah
1: yeah and we can talk about that more a little bit but i just like christina it's not nice
0: (laughs) it is not nice (laughs) well i'm not a nice person (laughs) i like that i'm not a nice person if you knew what she did you would understand it's like george shut the hell up like, you know, he's the person that's like, ask me I, why I'm sad. And then somebody asks, and he's just like, stop asking. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, you're oh. like, then shut up. Then shut up and stop pouting. Like, it's okay if you're like,
1: I'm going to be sad, so I'm just going like, to be sad over here by myself. But, like, he's literally like, I'm so sad, I'm just going to cry all over you. Won't you talk to me about why I'm sad? Ask me why I'm sad. Exactly. Do you
0: want to know why I'm sad? I'm not going to tell you! <laughs> and then... We cut over to this dumbass scene with Amy. Nobody cares about your wedding. Like, nobody. Burke is like, here's your diagnosis. And she's like, before you answer that question, I just
1: want to let you know that we're getting married. And you're like, "Mm, no one cares. That doesn't change the prognosis. Like, that's the, like, she says all of this that, like. And you're like, yes, you know, like it's very sweet, and we get that you're old, and it's like upsetting that like this has happened. <laughs> she's <laughs> not that, even that old. She says we're not so young.
0: Oh,
1: <laughs> she the, says it just
0: the way you said that. And you're like, we get that you're old. You're as old as the fucking hills. We get it.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? Like she's just like, I already have my dress, and you're like, we're not saying that you can't marry him. We're just diagnosing his issue that brought him to the hospital in the first yeah, place. Yeah, and I'm like, you Amy, know what? That di-
0: like, <laughs> if you didn't want to know what the diagnosis was. Don't bring him to the hospital. Yeah. You know, go get cured by some shaman on a mountain. And she's just like, we're silver lining kind of people. So I just thought it might help if you knew that. And I was like, how, like in what part of her brain did she think that that would actually help?
1: (laughs) And you're like, you know, actually, now that you've said it, you don't have an aneurysm. You have a lollipop in your heart
0: (laughs) from Candyland. Like, like, what does she think is going to happen? What? You're a weirdo. So then George is like they seem like a really nice couple. Not true. <laughs> like, they don't who seem have like they're talking to. They don't seem like they deserve this. <laughs> Amy does. Also kind of not true. Keith, he's a great guy. He doesn't deserve this. Amy 100% does. And I feel like that's the irony. She is the kind of person that would deserve this. Not because she's, you know, so in love with him and talking about the wedding, but because of for reasons later. Mm-hmm. Cuz it's all about her.
1: Oh yeah. And George gives this whole like sad speech about a oh, balance and then even Burke goes, "Good God, O'Malley! What the hell did Gray do to you?" Like even Burke noticed how bad
0: you're being. Just, just the way Isaiah Washington decided to deliver that line, he was like, he was like emasculating him in in some ways. He's like, "Good God, O'Malley! What did Gray do to you?" And he's just like looking at him, like, "You picked up a social cue. Oh, Good job, Burke. I'm so proud." And then we have more of. Michael and Rick and Sean, and I have to ask, do you have a problem with the way that they're representing a gay couple here? Because it's always tricky when they are dealing with something that's just so politically charged. This is 2006, and but uh, there are some serious stereotyping issues here that really kind of calls into question the burden of representation, maybe?
1: Uh, I feel like we definitely have, like, I don't, Rick? Rick? Yeah. Rick is definitely kind of like, I feel like, the stereotypical, like, how TV portrays gay people. Mm-hmm. You know?
0: And it wouldn't be Which an issue like, if they weren't using it as comic relief. They're like, isn't he so funny because he's so gay? And I'm like, that's, uh I don't know. It's like, <laughs> look how funny he is. He's acting, like, effeminate. And I'm like, that's... That's not, like, that shouldn't be used as comic relief. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's interesting, mm. but it's also... I feel like it's borderline. It could go either way here.
1: Well, I mean, because then we also have Michael, who, like, I don't know, just seems like a regular guy, like, person, like, not narrow. Our... But it's also really interesting that, like, Michael has very little dialogue mm-hmm. compared to, like, Rick, who's more of your stereotype one.
0: Yeah. And... When she says normal, she doesn't mean heterosexual. She just means, like, Rick does not act like, like an average human. Like, yeah. he's so like, exaggerated. Michael would just be like
1: anyone that comes into the hospital and yeah. just kind of like,
0: hey, my son got hit
1: in the face with a baseball.
0: Like, gay or not, it doesn't matter. But, yeah. like, Rick is just, like, exaggerated to the point where it's noticeable. And I feel like oh, yeah. that's the problem. Put it this
1: way. It's noticeably that they're stereotyping it. And... And trying to go for that comedic effect,
0: yeah. And put it this way, I don't think that if we watch this in ten years, I feel like we might cringe a little bit at that, Mm-hmm. where it's it seems super progressive in two thousand six, but you're like, ooh man, what were they thinking? So, yes,
1: and I wonder if, because I mean, like that was twelve years ago, mm-hmm. and so I'm like, I think that might have been like an okay, more okay thing, or like more like whatever thing then, mm-hmm. where it was like, because I don't know, I mean, like the whole like lgbt that whole movement is kind of more recent and so i'm wondering just like because it was made like 12 years ago like they didn't have like all that stuff and so like if they were to almost like remake and kind of have a similar patient and family now like i think it would be completely different
0: agreed i just i don't know i, th- I felt like it would be doing kind of an injustice if we didn't bring it up so mm-hmm. So then Alex pages Izzy to the ER bay and he's just like, nobody paged me and nobody paged you either. And he, then he he like gives her a cupcake. And Which, yum, I want a cupcake. And she's just like, ooh, thanks. Like that's how she said it. And then and- <laughs> she just starts asking about Meredith. <laughs> she's just like, mm. anyway, ooh, are you working with Meredith? Tell me what you know. Okay. Let's talk about Izzy and Alex. Let's really like talk about them. I feel like Izzy is just enjoying the attention that she's getting from Alex. All she really wants is somebody who wants her. And I feel like you can trace it back to like Hank the Tank. And being seen as nothing more than just like the hot blonde, which I think over time lowered her self-esteem and made her believe that she didn't deserve anything more or anything deeper. Mm -hmm. And it's really like a huge character growth for Izzy in this season in particular, it goes into season three more, but in this one in particular, where she realizes that she does deserve more. And now she's starting to seek out those relationships where she can have more. And that's why I don't think it was a mistake at all to have Hank in the show. Like, I feel like it was 100% on purpose. Mm -hmm. So then we can start building kind of a, a pattern. So we have like Hank, and then we can really relate that character to Alex. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, Hank and Alex do have a lot in common in that sense.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think the other thing to really kind of talk about with this relationship is I think Alex is starting to be kind of like, oh, yeah, like, Izzy, I really like her. And I think, think Izzy is still in the situation of, I just see this as, like, sex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think we kind of get that in, like, some of this stuff, because she's like, he's like, trying to be like, oh, cute. And she's like, I don't care. I want to talk about my friends. Like, yeah. Or whatever. And then I think that's kind of, like, what she starts getting is, like, I don't want to be in a relationship with this because I deserve better. hmm Or, like...
0: Well, I mean, later, later in the episode, Christina tells George to stop accepting crap and demand something more. And we see him do that, but we also see Izzy do that.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: She stops accepting Hank-like relationships and yeah. demands something more, i.e. Denny.
1: Which is why I think that's almost another kind of possible like smaller theme of this episode of like don't necessarily accept that like karma always happens and like if you like you know what i mean like like that you necessarily like deserve something bad if you like do something bad like stop accepting you know, I don't know like go after something better
0: we accept the love we think we deserve so yeah and alex is like i'm trying to kiss you and she just won't stop talking about george And, well, this is actually kind of interesting. She's just like, maybe something happened between her and George because I'm starting to get worried. And I don't know. It's like, even as early as season two, episode 19, she's thinking about other people when she's with Alex. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, being with Alex in that moment is not her priority. And that's all I'll say.
1: Yeah. And so, basically, an ambulance comes up and denny's back denny's back
0: and we all cheer yes we all cheer and you know the only thing that would have made this scene better and i really think that i might this might be my make one change is i really wish izzy just saw denny and she was just like fuck off bitch and then just like punted that cupcake or you know slammed it in his face like chucks it at the chucks it at the ambulance yeah denny's back (laughs) No, I just wanted her to, like, roundhouse kick that son of a bitch, like, across the parking lot and then (laughs) run in, run in following Denny.
1: Even better. She takes it and then gives it to Denny.
0: And Alex is like, wait, what? And yet again, pow, pow,
1: pow. After she's totally, like, licked it and everything. I've got this cupcake for you. And he's like, you clearly licked the icing off of it. And she's like, I know.
0: And Denny's like, I love it. (laughs) And Alex is like. Ew. <laughs> you two are disgusting. is
1: like, why am I like
0: So after the commercial, we come back and thus begins a series of amazing Katherine Heigl panic performances in treating Denny. And like George's patheticness will last for the rest of the season, this will also last for the rest of the season. So give and take. I swear to God, every single time I watch this, it's amazing. She's so good. She is so, so, so good. And then we have a little scene of, like, the chief is like, go home, you're on maternity leave. Maybe the very, very first evidence of mommy tracking, which will come up later in this season.
1: So then we cut to Christina finally basically, like, giving it to Keith and Amy and being like, Amy, stop thinking about yourself. (laughs) Which is,
0: like, an impossible task for Amy. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. I love this. Like, you, I feel like you can always count on Christina to just, like, tell you the truth. It's so nice. Like, mm-hmm. when Christina... Like, this reminds me a lot of Mrs. Glass yeah, from yeah. 108, where she's just like, look, you you might die before your baby even gets to kindergarten. You know what I mean? Like, this sounds just yeah. like it when she goes, uh, no, not really. It See, your condition, you're going to be okay until you're not. And if you opt against the surgery and if you leave now, it's just a matter of time, and you might make it to your wedding, but you might not, and you won't know. You're just going to be okay until you die, and then Keith is like, are you trying to comfort me? No, I'm trying to convince you to let Dr. Burke operate, so he can die today, freaking Amy, (laughs) and you're
1: like, actually, let's operate on
0: you, and then Christina goes, he might die today anyway, but Dr. Burke is the very best, and he's your best chance, and I was just like, Sometimes you just need some Christina logic.
1: Also, like, he's like, are you trying to comfort me? And it's like, no. If I'm like, to
0: comfort you, then like, Georgia Izzy would be here. Yeah, exactly. Christina's about as comforting as a knife. Who do you think I am, Sydney? <laughs> and then another little thing about karma where they're, Burke and Izzy are talking about Denny. I don't know, why don't you read this? Because I feel like this is important to like... Mm-hmm. Izzy, Izzy has developed a soft spot for Denny so quickly it's almost unbelievable like even for izzy you know what i mean she goes uh it's just it's just not fair you know it's really
1: not fair we treat jerks all the time patch them up send them off what whether they deserve it or not no big deal but Denny, he's a good guy dr burke he's a really good guy with a bad heart and all we can do for him is wait
0: and Burke is like, yeah, I know. I've been treating Denny this whole time. <laughs> and then Burke picks up
1: on more social cues. Good job, Burke. He's doing awesome Growth. this episode. Well, he deserves is, what he deserves is the best cardiac care. We're giving him that.
0: You really like him, don't you? And Izzy just kind of shrugs and she goes, he just doesn't deserve this. Which, okay, think about this as from a writing standpoint. They're obviously the writer Stacey McKee is trying to plant a seed here. I mean, they've been planting the seed of, like,
1: Izzy becoming very attached to patients since, like, season episode one, episode two. two.
0: Episode two, yeah. So, like, yeah. But there's a reason why- It's Danny. Well, no, but, like, there's a reason why this scene is in here. Mm-hmm. And it it is more about planting a very important seed than it is about just fitting into the theme it's about planting that seed Mm -hmm. like that's what i kind of always wish that people would do more when they watch stuff like this like tv medium movie medium is realize why characters are saying something realize why a scene exists in the pilot obviously they're trying to set something up you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it's not a coincidence and i feel like some people are like wow i never saw that coming and i'm like did you think about it for more than two seconds you know what i mean so then we go back to Addison and Bailey. Some comic relief. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> do you want to do this, diary? Can I be Addison? Yes. Mind if I ask ex- how exactly this happened? I slept with Mark. Oh. I- and he had poison oak on his. No.
0: I slept <laughs> with Mark a year ago, and apparently this is what I get. Yeah, but how did you... I live in a trailer. I have Meredith Grey's dog. I went outside to throw a stick and I had to pee. So I squatted because I didn't want to go inside and wake up my husband because the way he's been looking at me since yesterday, I just wanted a few minutes of peace and this is what I get. Except she's like bawling during it. Yeah, I know. She starts like, And this is what I get! She starts crying. (laughs) And then Derek's like, And this is what I get? (laughs) And this is what I get. But it's
1: interesting because now we have, you know, this little piece. Addison kind of thinks that this is her karma.
0: I just love that I have Meredith Grey's dog. It's, she knows. Well, and it's still not her dog. You yeah. know what I mean? And she know, like, I feel like a small part of her psyche has to know that her husband did not take that dog out of, like, coincidence or Go, like, out of goodness, the kindness of yeah. his heart. He took that dog because it's Meredith Grey's dog. Oh, yeah.
1: So then we go back to Sean's room for, in a way, another bit of comedy.
0: Yeah, I feel like that might be one of the bigger problems with this episode is that this is kind of yet again another episode where you're not, like, super attached to any of the patients. Like, okay, let's talk about this. Like, Addison's a patient, but it's for comedy, which, I mean, I love. But it's, it's not, like, really taking me there, you know? Denny is a patient, but he's just... It's mostly about, like, oh, my God, he's back. There's no, like, sh- story arc that he, like, yeah. fulfills. Yeah, well, in th-
1: this one, the problem is, is because I like... I like all three of them, and I really like the acting choices and everything they did, like, with Sean and his dads. But the thing that I noticed, like, later when I was going back and, like, adjusting patient rankings was, like, they really had nothing to do with the theme or anything in the episode, like, when you really come down to it, it was just kind of like, Meredith and Derek were working together, and then, like, Alex was there, and it was just kind of...
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think, like, okay, I'm trying to think of any possible way that that could be karma.
1: But, like, not really. I think it was more just to have Meredith and Derek working together. So that they could have that elevator scene? And, like, the whole friends conversation. Plus, then you also have Meredith and Alex working together, which facilitates the conversation. I think the conversation that's like next or whatever but coming up
0: but i mean you're you're right they can st- like that all could still happen and still the, oh yeah i mean the patient could still have something to do with the theme i think we have a make one change guys okay we'll wait till the end but yeah this is like the first scene in half a season where meredith and Derek go a whole scene just being doctors oh yeah and it's kind of amazing yeah, it's basically And then Rick throws up, which is kind of funny because Debbie's like, oh great, (laughs) but again. eh. Debbie just kind of looks at it like, are you serious? So then Denny's waking up in his hospital bed and he was like, I was hoping I might get to see you. (laughs) They're so cute. And then is it, you're working us pretty hard around here. Things I have to do to get a girl's attention. And it's like so cheesy, but there's something about the way Jeffrey Dean Morgan, like, delivers it i'm like nope and the little like smile he has oh my god he's so cute and alex is just like i hate this man (laughs) that's because i'm sorry justin chambers you will never have this charm (laughs) never some people just have it Mm -hmm. and they they have to shock him which is insane Mm mm-hmm God, like, watching this scene was, like, painful for me. I was like, yeah. oh, but my God. But he did God. such a good job acting it. Yeah. Well, okay, here's something that my dad always says when he watches Grey's Anatomy with me. He's just like, you use those paddles when people are having an erratic heartbeat, not when there's no heartbeat. When like they when, flatline. Like, in this situation. Yes. When they flatline is not when you use the paddles. Because the whole point of the paddles is to stop the heart so that it can start beating normally again. hmm Not to start the heart. I believe. I might have to fact check that. But, like, he, my dad always gets so annoyed in every single one of those medical shows when they use the paddles to restart the heart once it's flatlining.
1: Anyway, but it's so, like... But,
0: ew, and then Alex's, like, sick, fast, like, sense of, like, pleasure he gets from this is, like, kind of disgusting. A little bit, but it's also Alex. That didn't Isn't bother it? you? No, it kind of did a little bit. It's just, like, weird, but... Honestly, I was paying more attention. because I was like, "Oh, just Denny and Izzy. They're so people. And I love that you're like making me yell like a baby in front of the girl I'm trying to impress, man. And I find it interesting how Denny is so obvious about it in front of Alex and Burke, and yet like Burke and Alex are like, "Yeah, you know," like Alex is jealous, and Burke yeah. is just like, okay, "But they're Denny. not.
1: But they're not like we should Suspicious. take her off this case
0: or something." Yeah, or like... which in hindsight, I mean. I guess it's 2020, but, but you know what, Alex? In your freaking face, you deserve this so much. Sweet, sweet karma. Denny is like is biggest dose of karma. So then we have Derek and Bailey, which I like Derek and Bailey because she just takes none of his crap. I know. Derek is just like, but I'm charming. And she's like, don't care. <laughs> so baby Trump's husband, hmm? Baby Trump's husband? And she's like, get out of my face. She's just like, dude, I don't know. I don't want to talk to you. I'm leaving. (laughs) So then we get this brief scene where, like, it looks like George wants to talk to Meredith in the hallway. And then Meredith literally just runs away from him. Mm -hmm. But, like, I'm just, like, utterly fascinated on what George was trying to get out of this. Like, what is he... I would love to hear a conversation. If they ever had a conversation before the big explosion, what would it look like?
1: I think in some part of George's mind, like, yes, he's hurt and all of this stuff. But I think he also kind of realizes, like, we'll talk about I guess this a little bit later when we actually get to the scene, but I like, I think part of him in a way realizes that like something else was going on in there, this like mind. And so I think part of him is kind of like, I want to help her and see what's wrong, but then it's also like, but she also did like really hurt me and I don't want to talk to her. And stuff because I mean like, literally she says like she's like when he's leaving she's like it's not you like crying like and I think he realizes that that's like, like it wasn't just because of him, Mm -hmm. and so I think half him wants to know like why what's going on but then like the other part is like
0: no I don't want to talk to her ever again. I don't know. I'm trying to think if he if Meredith ever does tell him why I don't think, she ever does. I don't think she ever tells anyone. Well I mean eventually she does but yeah. So then he goes
1: in and talks to Amy, and she's Amy, just being just a m- sad piece of
0: poop. I know. She's just, like, moping. She's just like, you know, you they told you not to save your receipts because you're just tempting fate. And it's like... And it's like, no, you should <sighs> save your receipts. What happens if you, like, I don't know, something happened? Like, but I like this from George. He goes, this isn't your fault. Like, George is, like, basically being like, oh, I'm Amy. Like, I'm a complete victim in this. When And he will milk that for all it's worth. So... I'm going to say it right now, I don't think George is completely a victim, and I don't think Meredith is completely a victim. I think that they're both victims, and they're both- they both had a hand in this, okay? They both did something wrong. No one is completely a victim in this circumstance. Yes. Just, Amy is so superficial and materialistic, I just- whatever. Let's do some dialogue. Alex and Meredith. Okay, who do you want to be? I like being Meredith. Alright. What are you doing? <laughs> Hiding. Alright, so
1: you slept with O'Malley. Get over it already. He told you? Uh, no. Oh, I-, I was just kidding. I mean, it's not like I should be surprised. Why not? Because when your life is sucking, you get drunk and sleep with inappropriate men. It's your thing.
0: Whatever. I find it charming. Us too, Alex. Us too. Also, Meta. You sleep with inappropriate women when you're
1: sober. One inappropriate woman. And Izzy forgave me for that. O'Malley, he's not going to get over this.
0: Izzy hasn't forgiven you. Yes, she has. We're together. No, you're not. Izzy may be sleeping with you, but she'll never look at you the way she saw you before you slept with Olivia. Why are you trying to piss me off? You're trying to suggest that it's forgivable for you to sleep with Olivia, but it's not forgivable for me to sleep with George. And then George is like, you You told him. And Meredith, George Wow, when I'm wrong about somebody I'm really wrong I have to go fall down the stairs now (sighs) Meredith is winning this breakup So hard Anyways, then he goes and does what
1: everyone in this show does When something
0: super personal Happens to them, they go yell about it in the hallway That's so true, this is just like when Izzy was like yelling down Like in the hallway, he slept with George's skanky (laughs) Sifners. This is so true Oh my god and, of course, Christina and Izzy just, like, Are pop at, Like, they just, like, teleport into the scene. It's yeah. perfect. Like, I would have loved to see Catherine Heigl and Sandra O oh just waiting, like, off on the side. And they're like, okay, go, go. And then, and then they just, like, appear in the scene. It's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. And so, basically, George tells Izzy and Christina. Well, he, I mean, he just screams it just in general. Yeah.
1: He literally, like screams it for the entire hospital to hear and then he wonders he's like does everyone know now and you're like yes george you screamed it
0: in the hallway it's like seattle grace like seriously i'm surprised that they weren't like that they didn't know by the time you came into the hospital this morning the rumor mill in this hospital is insane is unbelievable you want to talk now because you told everybody that we had sex and then meredith's eyes is like, are like oh you idiot you had you had sex with George (laughs) the way that Christina said that you didn't tell them no damn it and then he just like literally takes a header down the stairs which they're all just like oh my god George and then Alex just laughing I'm like me too Alex me too perfect so then I hate everyone by get set go uh starts playing after the commercial. This was on the season 2 soundtrack CD, so, fun facts. Guys, if you haven't watched the Grey's Anatomy spoof, the Mad TV spoof, first of all, what's wrong with you? are you a psychopath? And second of all, go, go watch, watch it. it right now because there is a scene where like one person is like crying and then the rest of the interns are just outside the window staring at the one person crying and this is this scene. Like I honestly think that they probably got it from this scene. Oh yeah, And th- it's just so funny. Like George is just like sitting there like, uh, like just st- Wallowing, a shit. Yeah. wallowing in his man pain uh, seriously like to the point where it's just gross mm-hmm. and they're all right outside watch staring at him like do you have anything better to do no. you're a surgical intern you have to have something to do and they're all just staring at him and then george is like go away <laughs> and they're like okay <laughs> and then they all just move together away <laughs> off screen and meredith like she leaves before he says that too which is hilarious she's just like ugh. Are we done with this yet <laughs> why is he still upset about this I don't understand it happened like 13 hours ago oh my god and Izzy here we go like I can't even be mad at Izzy for this because Izzy and George OTP but when Izzy is just like Meredith if you can't make this right if you can't fix this with George just so you know if it comes down to choosing sides I'm on his and you're like damn yeah it's like well there you go Meredith I mean she's been kind of a crappy friend to all her friends I mean, like, karma in some ways. Like, George has been a better friend to Izzy than I think Meredith has. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then Christina points out the obvious. Thank you, Christina. He's the weaker kid. I mean, I don't even beat up on weaker kids. It's cheap. And, like, that, like, hurt me. When she said that to Meredith because I was like it's so true but like at the same time you don't know why Meredith did it like I just like okay I don't want to come out of this being like well I'm completely on Meredith's side and she didn't do anything wrong she did but at the same time it's like it's one of those situations where it's like you know Meredith can never explain why she did it. Why she did it. Even even if she told them, like, oh, I just saw my father for the first time in whatever years, people would just be like, look, you're just trying to come up with an excuse, you know? And it's just like, oh, I feel so bad for Meredith. Mm-hmm. I know that we're supposed to feel bad for George coming out of this episode, but I feel more bad for Meredith. And she, like, with teary eyes, she's like, I did a terrible thing. I did a terrible thing. And... Christina, he's been in love with you since day 1. There's no way you didn't know that. Which like, I'm gonna
1: be honest, and I think she's so just like into herself that she didn't notice.
0: Okay, that's like a joke, but do you really think?
1: I think for the most like I th- honestly think that she has been so kind of infatuated with Derek and that whole thing that she really hasn't noticed.
0: I Because if you disagree. Th- I think I she knew know. to some degree. She knew. She had to have known. Maybe to
1: some degree, but I mean, if you look at, er, like, almost every scene where he's trying to flirt with her,
0: she's blatantly ignoring him. Blatantly. Yeah. Yeah. But I think think Christina's right. Some part of her conscience did know. Mm -hmm. And then Christina just kind of relents and is like, we all do terrible things. Which I love. Because it's like, I don't know, it's like, almost like the Grey's Anatomy writers are like, analyzing what people say in these kind of circumstances, where it's like, Meredith knows that Christina's just saying it to say it, but, like, she also needs her to say it. Yeah. I don't know. She's just like, look, just because you did a terrible thing doesn't mean that you're a terrible person. Hell yeah. And I still love you. Like, basically. we all kind
1: of make mistakes or whatever.
0: And Meredith just goes, thank you. And Christina, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. I just like, oh, Meredith and Christina... The true OTP of this show. Yeah.
1: So now we cut back in with Sir Sad Pants. George. And so we get another new character. Yeah. So we get Dr. Callie Torres. She's mm-hmm. an orthosurgeon.
0: I don't know if we're told that right away. Oh, that she's an ortho surgeon? Yeah, I mean, spoiler, she's an ortho surgeon. Not that that really spoils anything. The first thing that she says is. She notices right away, she's like, oh, you're the heart in the elevator guy. What are your, like, gut reactions to Callie as a character here? Like, first impressions kind of thing? Yeah, just, like, I feel like in the first moments when you see somebody, too, you kind of have, like, a gut reaction to it.
1: Like, I think she seems nice enough, but she seems a little obsessed with George.
0: Yeah, I feel like you're right. Like, almost in in a sense where I'm like, I think... I, I think I originally when I first met her I was like I feel like we're gonna be shown that she's like almost obsessed with him and like has been kind of like you know like she's just like following yeah, him. Allif, you made a guy and you're like and like this part where she's sh- he's just like I fell down some stairs and Callie's like at your girlfriend's and he's just like what no I'm single and she's like single huh.
1: And you're like, yeah, because he would be in his scrubs at his girlfriend's.
0: Well, I'm like, tread lightly, George. Like, ugh. Like, I don't know. She Does she give you kind of creep vibes? It's a little creepy. I don't know. I
1: don't know. I don't know if I'm at, like, the creepy point yet, but I definitely am kind of like, she came on very strong.
0: Yeah. But Okay, so here's my thing. Like, I almost want, like, I wish that there was, like, a guy that could, like, that we could consult. But I feel like they're going for this, like hardcore, like, ooh, I'm the hardcore, like, ortho chick, you know, and spoiler, it never lands for me throughout this whole show, like, it just doesn't, doesn't quite get there, and I don't know if it's, like, failure in writing or, like, just failure on the actor's part, but, like, it just, mm, like, that, like, stereotypical, like, the, ooh, she's, like, the tough chick, you know, like, the hardcore, like, motorcycle riding, like, bad girl trope, I feel like just... She cannot play that. Sarah or Sarah Ramirez Thanks. just, like, cannot play that. Yeah. Which I feel like,
1: I mean, spoiler, I feel like they kind of abandoned that a little bit later. Yeah. But because they realize that it's not. But anyway, we'll talk about her more as we get on, but.
0: Yeah. I, d- I don't know. My gut reaction to her was like, my, You know, like, that's kind of like, that whole first scene, I was mm-hmm. like, okay. Like, and even George in that first scene was kind of like, Dude, can you just fix my arm? Like I he's almost like I don't want to be flirted with. Can I just get out of here? Yeah. Is how he's reacting. Mhm. And she's just like, "Ew, you're single?" Anyway, so now we get the classic Meredith and Derek in an elevator scene. Ellen Pompeo, "Take all of my money. Take all of it." I just like her like almost crying, like sheer like just like shine of tears on her eyes. And she just goes, "Don't" Do you want to be Derek? Sure. Don't. Don't be nice to me. I I did a terrible thing. We all do terrible things. No, I I I did a thing that I I can't even believe I did and I I was sad and I'm pretty sure I'm going to lose all my friends.
1: You won't lose me. You're not my friend. Yes, I am.
0: <laughs> well, then I could be.
1: I'm a very good friend.
0: Not supported in the text. Yeah, like, just ask all of my many friends. Oh, like, wait. the only person that has actually been Derek's friend on this show, he punched in the <laughs> face last episode. He literally has no other friends on this show. Literally only two episodes ago, he was allowed to call Burke by his first name. <laughs> Burke was like, I will allow it. But you're not growing on me. Anyway. And Meredith goes, no, we can't be friends. We could be friends. You'd be lucky to have me. How? LOL. How could we be friends? We could, uh, hang out. Mm
1: hmm I walk Doc every other morning. Tiger Mountain Trail. We could meet, have coffee, watch Doc play, and discuss the complex nature of our existence. Right. We could. Might be fun.
0: I could be your friend, Meredith. And she kind of, like, looks at him for a second, and, like, the elevator gets to the floor or whatever, and she goes, no, we can't be friends. Mm -hmm. Which it's like... Derek, take a hint, man. She's in love with you. Like, she can't be- Oh, so in
1: love with her too, though. Well,
0: but it's also like, this is- George was just like this. He can't- George can't be Meredith's friend. You know what I mean? Not when he has- You mean Derek? No, George can't be Meredith's friend. Like, before the whole George and Meredith thing happened. Because, like, it's too painful. Because George was in love with her. And now Meredith is like- Derek, I can't be your friend because it's too painful. Mm-hmm. But I do love how Derek's trying to make her feel better in the only way that he knows how. He can't to, you know, but he is trying to make her feel better. Yeah. So let me
1: cut over with the song "Be Gentle with Me" by the Boy Least Likely to, and if we're back
0: with Danny. Oh, he's so cute. More flirting. Mm-hmm. It's cute. And then he asks, "Do you believe in karma?" Um, actually, I do. Yeah. I think you might be mine. What does that mean? Like, like he did something good? Or something? What did he do that was good, though? Uh, like, the way he says it is, like, I think... Or, like,
1: he deserves something good because of all he's been through or something?
0: Maybe. Maybe it's, like, he has such a bad heart, like, yeah, problem that, like, he's finally getting some good karma. Like, like he wouldn't have met Izzy if he didn't have this issue. Or something. You know? Yeah, Yeah, I think that's probably what it is. Like, well, you must have been very, very good to deserve me. And then he just goes, must have. Mm. And you know what? I don't think that this storyline would have worked at all if they didn't get Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Katherine Heigl. Oh, yeah. Like, I feel like the reason why it works is because these two sell it beyond belief. Yeah, they did an awesome job. And now we finally get a Derek and Addison scene that we, unlike anything that we've ever seen in this entire show so far. And yeah. yeah. So basically Addison just shows him that she has
1: poison oak, but it's so cute. I mean, like, I love her and like the, so are we even yet? I mean, is this bad enough? Have we, have I repaid my debt to society, Derek?
0: And he's just trying not to laugh and then he bursts and it's almost like Patrick Dempsey you're so cute it's so
1: cute and then you like look at her and like she's trying not to laugh and like trying to be mad at him too and like Mm. throws the pillow and like they're so cute
0: which ironically if Derek hadn't been so mad at her this morning then she wouldn't have gotten poison oak and then they wouldn't have had this cute little like oh we're married moment so yet again things come around you know Mm -hmm. like it it's a cycle so back in 2000, I think it was eight, there was a documentary by like the ABC news anchors. It was so weird. I don't understand why. We're talking about the spin-off show from Grey's Anatomy, which I'll just say, guys, it's called Private Practice. I mean, if you exist on Earth, you've probably heard of it with Addison. And so there was this whole documentary about Addison. And they I remember them saying that like, you know, she comes into the show and she's just this glorious diva evil mistress you know like comes in and destroys meredith and Derek's relationship and i remember them saying like it is extraordinary how they made how they took a character who should be the most hated character on a television show and made her one of the most beloved characters and one of the things that they mentioned was this scene because this is the first time we see a brief glance at the old addison and Derek, Mm -hmm. and the fact that they were in love at one point and that they they did like really have chemistry with each other and really had like a beautiful relationship and that's something that I've always loved about Grays because they could have made her just the cookie cutter evil wife that comes in and is gonna ruin our favorite everything yeah and she's just evil and there's nothing more there but instead they made her human which is so much better and they weren't afraid Another thing that's so interesting is that they weren't afraid to have people be like, whoa, I kind of like Addison and Derek in this scene. It's like, it's like they had confidence enough in the Meredith and Derek relationship that they weren't afraid to put a scene like this in, you know? Mm -hmm. And I love that.
1: So then we cut over to Christina and George, and Christina finally delivers George what he needs to hear. Kind of. A little bit. Step one of what he needs to hear. And she just goes, okay, George, the pity thing, not good. If you want crappy things to stop happening to you, then stop accepting crap and demand something more.
0: Thank you. And then Amy leaves her fiance and she goes, I'm not strong enough for this. And again, she's making it about her. Yeah. But then Christina
1: points out what everyone is thinking. So the in sickness and in health part of your vows, you're just planning to leave those out. LOL.
0: (laughs) Please try to understand. No. I don't like that I'm not strong enough. Ugh. I just know that I'm not. Which, okay. I guess it's better to leave now and let Keith dodge this bullet of a woman. But, like, at the same time, I'm like, God, you're just the worst.
1: She's also still doing the Miss thing. Like, under, try to understand my position. And it's like, why does it
0: matter? It's like, we don't want to. So, no. Just leave. Like, like, if you want str- to leave, just We're leave. strangers to you. Why does it matter? Oh, God. Amy. Not as bad as Zona, but not good, not good. So, throw it all away by Brandy Carlisle starts playing freaking love her. Good. This is from I think her first album, which is honestly probably one of my favorites. And then Give Up the Ghost is like the other really good one, but this is this album has a lot of good songs on it. Mm-hmm. And Burke is operating on, on Keith. And we get this interesting scene between George and Olivia hmm I did notice that they brought Olivia back in the early part of the episode and I was like, hmm, I wonder if they're going to utilize this actress because, I mean, they have to pay her when she comes back. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I was like, you better use her for all that you can. Mm-hmm. I liked this little part. Olivia is just like, if she can't love him back the way that he loves her, then she doesn't deserve him. And George is like, you heard about me and Meredith. Oh yeah, because everyone heard because you yelled about it in the hallway. Which is literally what Olivia said. You were yelling about it in the hallway. And then she goes, must have sucked. I'm sorry. And I'm like, okay. Interesting. But I've, like, she's also kind of, like, still kind of bitter at him. I know. I know. Because honestly, it's only been, like, half a year oh, yeah. since this show started, guys. Well,
1: and he kind of did the same thing to her.
0: Yeah. For so- Meredith. And yeah. I feel
1: like, I feel like in a way, Olivia's like, <laughs> got what you deserved. Like, I told you. A little
0: bit. Yeah. So, but then she's kind of like, yeah, okay, I'm sorry. (laughs) And then George says, I'm sorry. If I made you feel anything like I'm feeling right now, I'm sorry. I feel like a lot of stuff is coming full circle in this episode because you have to have things come full circle to see the karma. Oh, yeah. (sighs) Uh, (sighs) Bold choice for this next scene. Bold choice for this show. (sighs) To show the audience what happened. Because... This is awkward, and this is like despite the patience not being great. This is the reason I don't watch this episode very much. This scene—it's cringy. Ugh, like
1: it's good, and we needed it, but it's also—it's just
0: ugh. Hat off it's hard. to Ellen and Tr for doing this.
1: They—that's—they do such a good job in the scene, and it's like a well-written scene, it's and like so they convincing. do so—it's like so good. But it's just, it's so hard to watch.
0: Mm, yeah. Okay, so we finally get a flashback to the night, last night, to see what actually happened with the television. Oh, yeah. Like, how she utterly destroyed him. Yeah. And, I mean, up to this moment, you really, like- Don't know. You don't really know. Like, I think most people are just assuming that, like, she they had sex and then she was like, look, that that's, it's not gonna happen again. Yeah. And like, that was what it happened. Meant nothing or whatever. Yeah. Where she's like, look, it's just not going to happen again. Like it was this one time thing. And that's why he's so depressed. But no, Helen sounds like she inhaled helium throughout bit. this whole scene. She sounds like a pixie, which a is bit. a little weird. I don't know. And I don't know, just like this, like how you're in my hair and stuff like that. Like almost like they're not in tune. You know what I mean? Like, they're not in mm-hmm. sync. Or, like, she's not really in this. She's noticing little things like that, you know? And he's just, like, so into her. and He is. And, like, she's just so not. And it's just so awkward. And she literally just starts, like... Ellen does a good job because she starts slowly breaking down. Like, you watch her face and it's, like, this, like... She can go from smiling, looking like she's completely happy to like breaking down to back to smiling when George is looking at her and then breaking down again. I'm like, Ellen, you're amazing. And oh man, this is messed up when she's just, when she's like, oh, nothing. Why, why would you think anything is wrong? And he goes, you're crying. And she goes, oh, I'll stop. Just ignore me. And I'm like, ladies and gentlemen, if you're ever in a situation where somebody says this to you this is a this is a problem just a red flag me. yeah red freaking flag and then george goes i can't i can't ignore you and i'm like oh <laughs> but at the same time i'm like
1: <laughs> and then to just make things worse she just goes you're almost
0: done right and he goes no and I, oh <laughs> and she and she knows what she's done at that point because she just goes george like crying and he he realizes, I think, because she, like, full-blown just, like, starts, starts crying. crying. And he's just, like, sleeping with me is this bad for you or this awful for you. And then he just leaves. And she's just, like, no, George, it's not, it's not you. And George. And she's just, like, crying. Which, ironically, like, the worst part of it is, like, this is when she needs somebody the most. That's so awkward. Like, she literally started crying during sex. Mmm, that's gotta hurt the ego.
1: I think it was, like, the one of those things where she, like, she knew she needed someone.
0: And I think... Well, when she goes, oh, George. Like, she's just like, oh, shit. It's kind of what she was saying. She's like, I've made a huge mistake. Like, she knows. hmm Like, even going all the way back up here to when he goes, like, right there. You know? And she just goes, oh, George. Like, starting to cry. It's like she already knows that she's, like... I feel like in that moment, she's like, there's no good way to get out of this. Oh, yeah. And she knows it, and then the emotions just take over her. Because she's realized that she has become the person that uses her friend. Oh, yeah. Like, she was okay with using guys like Eric. But using him...
1: And I think part of her was, like, she was hoping that, like, this was gonna make her feel better. And that was, like, her realization of just, like, no, like, this is so much worse. I'm... A horrible person like mm-hmm. how could I have done this kind of thing and that was like the realization of just like wow like this is horrible
0: yeah Meredith finally out Meredith herself like
1: I thought I felt horrible before but like this is so much worse mm-hmm. like
0: uh eh. Meredith mm-hmm. but you know what I love watching her shit show of a life. Like this is why I love this show because Meredith's life is just an utter shit show and it is so much fun to watch. And um in the Grey Matter blog they said that the sex had to happen. It was planned from the pilot. Which yeah. When
1: kind you think yeah.
0: but when you think about it it's like I can see how that was planned from the pilot. If oh, yeah. I was thinking about a show like that, I would have planned that from the pilot as oh, well. Yeah. And then Meredith comes in, George, you know, comes back from this flashback, and he just goes, why? I just want to know why you, if you didn't want to. And then Meredith, I mean, this is what we were saying. I didn't know I didn't want to. You were there, and you were saying all these perfect things, and I was sad. And so I thought maybe, maybe I've just been overlooking what's been right in front of me. And if I just give it a chance, because you're George, and you're so great. I didn't know... I didn't want to until I knew I didn't want to. Mm-hmm.
1: Which is so hard because it's her trying to explain what mm-hmm. happens. And I feel like we as an audience get it because we saw her interaction oh, with Oh, because Fisher.
0: we're always so in her head.
1: Exactly. And it sucks because George doesn't get it. Mm-hmm. Or like he gets it, but he's still like... It's like not the full,
0: yeah. Well, that's why I was like remember last episode when i was like is it not at all a red flag for him that she just goes straight for sex yeah like that's mm, like they should have talked this out a little bit you know i don't know whatever Whatever. and then she goes can we please just go back to everything the way it was which is you know half the audience and he just goes i don't know how to go back no i'm done we're done Mm -hmm.
1: and like a quote from the, Stacey. The blog with Stacey and she put, she goes, the important thing to remember though is that while Meredith wishes things could go back to the way they were before the sex, the way I think most of us have felt or would feel in similar situations, George does not. And that's huge because before the sex, George was in limbo. But after the sex, as painful as that outcome, outcome was, he's suddenly not. George knows exactly where he stands. There's finally some closure. And that's a good thing. It's what will fuel him for through the rest of the season. Which is such an interesting fact to, like, for her to point out and be like, even though this is a horrible thing and, like, obviously he's super hurt by it, it almost is good from his perspective just to be like, you know, at least I know where I stand. Mm-hmm. And it's not this unsure thinking, like,
0: could it happen, whatever, like, he knows now. And I feel like this is a good place for me to finally talk. Like, I've been hinting at this for episodes now, how 215 was the last of an era. Mm -hmm. Because think about it. From the pilot to 215, it's intern family. They've basically been living in the house together since the pilot. I mean, you know, episode two. Yeah. But the bomb episode... It's kind of like when things shift, but that's not like a normal episode of Grey's. It's a multi-part. It's like a super dramatic episode. It's in its own little, like... Yeah, it's its own thing. And then immediately after the bomb, we get Mark. So that's not a normal episode. And then the end of 2.18, we get the George thing, which changes everything because we just learned that George is moving out. Oh, yeah. And so 215 really is the end of an era. Mm -hmm. So that scene where they're in bed together and he goes, anybody want to have sex? You know? And it's like, Izzy, George, Meredith. I sometimes wonder if they did that on purpose as kind of a bookend. You know what I mean? As like, guys, this is probably the the last time for a long time that you will ever see this. Because then we also get the introduction of Callie in this episode, Mm -hmm. which will forever change the show. Oh, yeah. And so it it is really quite sad, but Mm -hmm. also necessary. Mm -hmm.
1: I was going to say, but it does, I think, go to a good, like, interesting place.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm glad it happened. It's just also kind of sad. Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely sad. I mean, but... But it's not like, yeah, complete destruction. I'm glad it went there. Oh, yeah. So the song Slow Down by New Moscow starts playing. Uh, Yeah. And Izzy just completely denies Alex when he asks her out. She's just like, yeah, rain check. To go be with Denny, where she places like this tiny little tablecloth on his little like, you know, front table. And he goes, wow, gotta say, not exactly how I envisioned our perfect first date. And Izzy, are you kidding? Do you know how hard I've had to work to get a cute boy in bed before? And oh my god, then Denny goes, you think I'm cute. I'm so cute. And I'm like, you are adorable. <laughs> I want to like hug him. He's so cute. Newsflash: slash, you're adorable. And she's we like, love you. shut up and drink your juice. And I'm like, oh, I ship it so hard.
1: And I also feel like this is the beginning where you start realizing like, Izzy is super into like Denny.
0: Yeah. And it's like, oh, this is so cute and innocent. But then you're like, like in the back of your mind, you have to know. You're like, this is not going to end well. Like she's kind of going on like a fake date with him at this point. Like. And it makes me wonder, just with the dynamics of this hospital, how did nobody notice? But whatever.
1: I was about to say that, too, and be like, did nobody notice? And be like, hey, look, Izzy Stevens is (laughs) having a fake date with the patient. That's
0: completely normal. I don't know. Maybe Denny is just such a charmer. But anyway. He said fake dates with everyone. (laughs) So George is just sitting outside the hospital. And then this new character, Callie, comes up. And she's just like, are you going on a trip? And he's like, yeah, sort of. Whatever. He's just so depressed. And... She goes, Well, give me a call when you get back in town. And it's like, Just slow your roll, sweetie. I liked this scene with her better than the first one, though. Really? Yes. Huh. See, I was going to say I don't like this one as much. Oh. I don't don't know. She didn't seem as creepy in this one. She makes me Mm -hmm. uncomfortable. All right. Also, her hair is an (laughs) abomination. It looks like somebody took a dead mop. Like a wig. Like a dead mop. Okay, it looks like somebody made. a wig out of a mop Threw some gel on it And then microwaved it And then put it on her head It looks why like a microwaved wig Why microwaved? Because that's the only way That it, her hair could possibly have that texture And it's Microwave like Microwave radiation I don't know It's like Ugh It's like gross Like her bangs are like Stuck to her forehead Like you look like You'd have to peel them off her face They were sharp and done And spoiler It does get better Thank the lord Well it couldn't get worse So <laughs> So then we got over (laughs) to Burke and Christina's apartment. You are a good person. And she's like, I am not. (laughs) Good night. And then Christina, good night. And then freaking George from the hallway, good night.
1: And I like how, like, Burke and Christina, like, kind of cuddle together. And then when George says something, they both
0: kind of, like, open their eyes and, like, look out, like, Ugh. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Both of them. Like, Burke is like, I can't believe I did this. But also, like, Stacey McKee brought this up, that this is kind of Christina's karma. Because the one time she's nice to George, she gives him, like, she gives him the advice that he needs to hear. And that advice leads him to, to moving out <laughs> yes. and demanding something more. And then that leads him to... To be seen by Burke, which yeah, it's just like that's kind of Christina's karma. It's just funny. And yeah. then this last quick little scene in Forest Park, Tiger Mountain Trail, which is a place I- is on my bucket list now because I want to go there and Meredith and Derek are with the dog. They just- they look at each other and I swear it's like saxophones start playing. I'm like, good lord, just bang. Like I can't take it anymore. So they're gonna be just friends. Yeah. And it's like,
1: pfft. does anyone see that one blowing up in their faces?
0: Well, again? It's like they cannot, they can't stop themselves. Almost. Oh yeah, they can't. They want to be around each other so bad that they're willing to torture. Them. Like they're throwing themselves on swords. Oh yeah, like they're like literally burning themselves alive because this has got to be some of the most painful thing mm-hmm. that they could possibly do. But they can't help themselves. Oh yeah. Also, there's no way Addison knows about this, right? No. There's no way. I don't think so. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. So then we get this closing from George. Like I was saying, payback's a bitch. One way or another, our karma will leave us to face ourselves. We can look our karma in the eye, or we can wait for it to sneak up on us from behind. One way or another, our karma will always find us. And the truth is, as surgeons, we have more chances than most to set the balance in our favor. No matter how hard we try, we can't escape our karma. It follows us home. I guess we can't really complain about our karma. It's not unfair. It's not unexpected. It just evens the score. And even when we're about to do something we know will tempt karma to bite us in the ass, well, it goes without saying, we do it anyway. And I loved, I love that last line because... That is red when Meredith and Derek are like having eye sex with each other, where they're like just friends, like that. And then she, and then that line is, plays over. We do it anyway. And you're like, and you're yup. like, yes, do it, do it. Mm-hmm.
1: Seriously, count
0: zero. <laughs> yeah, we've had a lot of zeros recently. It's very upsetting. It is very upsetting. Come on, Grey's Anatomy. Mm-hmm. And we have the same patient rank. We do. Okay, yeah. so my number five is Tucker because he was in this. this this episode for a hot second for like 0.5 seconds my four is sean yeah because like because again he didn't follow the theme that's kind of what i was was like like, because
1: i was like at first when i thought about patient rankings i was like i really liked his character but then really like analyzing it and thinking back down to it i was like he really like not only did he not follow the theme like his character did nothing to really grow any like yeah. Care, other, like, he also bit-
0: just kinda like disappeared halfway through the episode. Oh yeah. <laughs> they like drilled a hole into his head and it was like, All right, bye. They like totally forgot about him. Yeah. yeah it was kinda weird the like, way that they did that.
1: Like again, the only reason I think he was in it was one, they did another ki like patient. And two to have like Meredith and Derek working together and Meredith and Alex working together, which both of the scenes that they had in the hospital could have been done without having the patient.
0: Exactly. So Well and then also, he just didn't do that much for me. Like, there was nothing about him that really stuck out. Like, he wasn't a Jeremiah. Oh, yeah, You know what no. I mean? Where I'm like, dang, he's so charming and so cute and, like, just yeah. lovable. He was just, like, a kid. Yeah. And I'm like, all right. Yeah. Anyway. So, number three, we have Keith. And I was trying to pretend that his wife didn't exist. I was about to say, let's be honest, his wife drags him down.
1: Ugh, but, like, honestly, he didn't... I mean, he didn't talk, like, at all. His really. wife did all his talking for him. Uh, yeah. And, I mean, we got... He seems like a nice guy,
0: though. Like, to be honest.
1: But still, I feel like with the whole karma theme, with the other two, it just wasn't as strong with him. Mm -hmm.
0: Number two, Addison. Because that was gold. Every single scene that Kate Walsh was in was complete gold. That was, you
1: know, yeah.
0: She got her karma. Awesome. But then that Derek and Addison scene, which is adorbs, which it's like, you can have that scene and then five minutes later in the episode, have a Meredith and Derek scene and you're like, oh And it's like, how do you do that, Grey's Anatomy? How do you do that, Stacey? It's amazing. And number one is Mr. Duquette, Denny himself. If you think that any of the episodes that have Denny in them and he's not going to be number one patient, then you don't know us. Eh, okay. We'll see. He might not be my number one Every single time he's in an episode, I'm serious. He might not. I love Danny. I love him too, but I also have to put the analysis above yeah. personal opinion. Make one change, You're right. honestly. Make Meredith's patient have something to do with the theme. I feel like the past two episodes, 18 and 19, were weak because the theme was not strong. It would have been interesting if she had a patient who was like. Are we just missing something super obvious? Like, was there some sort of karma with them? I don't them? think so.
1: Like, it would have been interesting if she had a patient who was almost on, like, the other side of, like, c- karma from her or something. Or, like, had gone through a similar, similar like, like I did a horrible thing and so, like, this happened or something. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. But I guess that's kind of Addison. I did a horrible thing and so this happened. Whereas, like, Denny's, like, all this horrible has happened has happened to me, but, like, I got Izzy out of it. Because I feel like it would have been interesting to have, like, almost, like, Meredith have, like, a heart-to-heart with, like, a patient or something.
0: Mm -hmm. But I wonder if maybe she doesn't, because this is supposed to be in George's head. We're not supposed to be in Meredith's head. Fair. Which, oh my, that would be so interesting. Maybe that's why Meredith and Derek had a completely professional scene in this episode, because it wasn't in her head.
1: But it's also interesting because, like, Keith, arguably, too, doesn't fit very well with the theme.
0: Like, he does, like, maybe a teeny bit, and his wife just sucks, and it's just like, eh. Well, like, what's his karma? Like, he gets a bad diagnosis, and then he dodges a bullet, so maybe that's good karma? Like, he didn't want to marry her in the first yeah, place? Maybe. I don't know. Again, this, the theme just, like, was lacking just a little bit. Yeah. Just a little bit. Uh, It was better than last episode, but not quite up to what we know that they're capable of. Well, the theme was better. I think the overall episode was not as good.
1: Well, I think the patients, at at least we had two patients this episode that went with the theme. Last week, we had none. So the theme and them kind
0: of sticking to it was a little bit better this episode. Mm -hmm. But I think overall, if I had to say which episode was better, 18. 18. Yeah, definitely. So next week, we're talking about season two, episode 20, Band-Aid covers the bullet hole. Written by the 1X09 duo, Gabrielle Stanton and Harry Worksman Jr. Directed by Julianne Robinson. I think she's new. Ooh. I do. Yeah, I think she's new. Cool. I love this episode coming up, just so you, we all know. I love this episode. To get in touch with us, you can on Twitter at Uncut or at Hazard underscore Emily or at Anderson underscore Becca. Longer questions of comments can be sent to our Gmail, which is Gray's Anatomy uncut at gmail.com. We have a website where you can also leave comments if you want to. Under the specific specific episode, we do check that website so you can do that. The website is blog, and also iTunes guys. So if you're still listening to these on YouTube or something, go to iTunes and rate and review us because apparently if we get more ratings and reviews, we go up in the ratings. So that'd be great. We can get
1: more fans.
0: Yeah. That'd be sweet, guys, <laughs> if you would do yeah, that. we definitely reach out to us. We want to hear from you. Yes, yeah, seriously, we do. All right.
1: We'll see you next time. See ya.